Charlie Brown? He's doing the chop, baby! Oh, no! What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. I'm not going to raise my voice. Can someone give me some chamomile tea? Yeah. Hello from the Dyer Prime Pantry in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 31, Baylor. Wow. What a day. Follow me on Instagram at UnreasonableDoubtWV. Twitter, tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know. Facebook page for Unreasonable Doubt. Find it, hit the blue thumb, follow the podcast there. Unreasonable Doubt podcast gear. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it. Get the merch. I'm not taking credit for this win. Yes. Every time I've went to the Coliseum or I've went to the Charleston Civic Center, West Virginia has won a game. That's true. So in no way me being at the Coliseum, not being at the Coliseum, there's no correlation between where I'm at in the world and West Virginia winning a basketball game. That being said, I've never seen them lose in person. And the streak continues. And my wife's been to the Coliseum multiple times, and she's never seen West Virginia lose in person. And my oldest daughter went to the fir- for the first time to the Coliseum, and she's 1-0. After the lowest of lows two games ago, West Virginia wins their first road game and then beats number four Baylor at home 76-64. I've set a high bar for my oldest daughter. (laughs) And she wants to go back in the fall. And it's going to be tough to compare going back to the Coliseum and have it be the same experience as what she witnessed today. I mean, all the things that happened today starts with senior day. Ceremony. End of the ceremony. Chase Harler proposes to his longtime girlfriend. She says yes. I don't know if I'll ever see that in person again. Cheerleaders throwing gigantic pepperoni rolls into the crowd. Maybe that'll continue. I don't know. But that's a high expectation. Frisbee catching dogs. The Frisbee dog show at halftime. You don't have that at every halftime. Usually you've got a pickup game with four-year-olds. West Virginia making a bunch of free throws. (laughs) I can't guarantee my oldest daughter is going to see that every time she goes to the Coliseum. West Virginia blocking dunks. How many blocked dunks did we have today? How many blocks did we have? We had it felt like a lot of blocks. West Virginia dunking on the other team. So many dunks in the second half. Wow. 
What a great game. And yet, <laughs> once the game started, the expectation for my oldest daughter was, uh, Daddy, are we going to score? <laughs> and I said, honey, listen, this is what the team does. At some part of the game, our team doesn't score any points. All right? And, yeah, it happened in the first six minutes of the game where West Virginia didn't score a field goal in six and a half minutes and spotted uh, and spotted Baylor nine points. But that was a good omen. I was trying to tell my daughter, this is a good thing. We're getting the scoreless streak done at the beginning of the game. So they, they're they good for one of these a game. So this will be the one, and then it'll get better from here. And it did. Emmett Matthews, his first shot was a bank shot that went in. Good omen. Shot clock violation early in the first half. And West Virginia plays good defense, right? This is not the first time they've had a, a shot clock violation turnover for the other team. And yet the Coliseum crowd was up getting loud for that shot clock violation. Good omen. And with all that, West Virginia was up two at half. <laughs> Spotting them nine, getting back in the game, taking the lead, taking a decent-sized lead, Baylor cutting it up two at the half. Then Baylor starts strong in the second half. It's not like West Virginia went scoreless. But Baylor took a 15-6 run. They were up seven, middle of the second half. In that streak, Matthews, baseline drive, goes to dunk, gets it blocked. He had the second chance to do that. This time it goes in, he gets fouled. And from that dunk, West Virginia made its own run. And started a 19 to 5 run. And from there, you know, I've been joking this year about Baylor being the Terminator. They've won so many games and they're going to end up second in the league. They ended up second in the league. But they were so tough all year. And the last three minutes of the game, it felt like in the Coliseum, the last three game minutes took legit. 45 minutes. Because, of course, the Baylor strategy was make a shot and, and ridiculous shots, close shots, three-point shots, whatever. Make a shot and then foul immediately. And then, you know, because West Virginia sometimes misses a lot of free throws. So why not do that? West Virginia made free throws, for the most part, held on. Stormed court. First time I've seen a stormed court in person. It was all right. Controlled chaos, it looked like. And and this was a team that was in the top 10, at, or close to the top 10 at one point, WVU. So for us to storm the court at the end of the year, I mean, I don't know. Seems like a lot. Anyway, West Virginia wins this game. And really, 
I'm going to tell you the six guys that scored the points. We played 12 guys. Six guys scored. All right. Emmett Matthews, best game of the season. I know he had some good scoring games early. It wasn't against number four Baylor. Right? 33 minutes, 18 points, made some threes, made some dunks, played good defense. He was guarding Butler for a good part of the game and did a great job. Jermaine Haley on senior day. Second half, aggressive Jermaine Haley, driving the ball. Him and Oscar pick and roll, it was working fantastic. Nine points all in the second half. Jermaine Haley even blocked the dunk. He got in the blocking business, and it was awesome. Oscar, 16 points, 12 rebounds, big second half. You know, one game this season, it was Taz Sherman, good first half, and then he he kind of tagged in shot robot and shot, ro- shot robot came in. We had this happen in this game where Culver tagged out. Oscar came in, did great to finish off the game. Speaking of shot robot, he played a lot and he made all of his free throws and he ends up with 11 points. The assist leader for the game, Sean McNeil, Three assists. Deuce McBride, 12 points. That guy had four steals, including a monster dunk. And I watched I watched the ESPN Plus. Not as great on the TV, but in person, that dunk, the place went insane. The Coliseum absolutely went crazy. Everybody jumped up. They played that sandstorm song. Everybody's clapping. It was amazing. It was the best. And that put West Virginia up 11. And then again, as I mentioned, it was the longest three minutes of game time in the history of college basketball. Derek Culver with the rare quiet eight points, nine rebounds. But poor Derek Culver, listen. How this is getting extreme, this free throw shooting. Over oh, six. I don't know if he was close on any of them. And my daughter and I were trying different methods to help Derek Culver get the ball in the basket. One time I told my daughter to close her eyes and he missed. And then I closed my eyes and then he missed. And then we both closed our eyes and then he missed. And then we both had one eye open, one eye closed. And we and then he missed. And then we watched him uh, and clapped, and he missed. I don't know what's up with that. Huggins said after the game that he's making them in practice. But what also is true is that Derek Culver is missing them during the game. And so when he tapped down and put Oscar in, Oscar's making his free throws. It's really an amazing thing. And so... That may affect Culver's playing time. He's he's giving maximum effort. And he was great on defense today, Derek Culver. But if it comes down to close games and free throw shooting, I don't know if you can have Derek Culver in the game right now. Because it's in his head, for sure. And then and those are the six guys that scored, right? Gabe made a layup. But outside of Gabe's layup, <laughs> 
74 of the 76 points were from those six guys. Matthews, Haley, Oscar, Shot Robot, Deuce, and Culver. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> it looked good today. Yeah, only six guys scored, but the scoring was spread out. The key part of all those guys that scored and didn't score was Emmett Matthews. It really, this team, when he's scoring, it's a different, it's a different thing. All right. It's and different in a very good way. Right. And then WVU almost, listen, they almost fouled out every Baylor player. <laughs> Three guys fouled out. They didn't play a lot of guys. A couple of guys looked like, got, looked like they got injured during the game. Um, we tried to do the old, uh, do you have, you know, we only have four left and we're going to play with four, the old Hoosiers thing, but West Virginia wore down a team that was shorthanded. It was just a great day to be in the Coliseum. I loved it. And so West Virginia with this win ends up nine and nine in conference they solidify that first round by Kansas is back to being Kansas. Texas. So West Virginia, the range was from three seed to seven seed. And it was a lot of weird things had to happen for them to be a three seed in next week's Big 12 tournament. But the weird things happened. Texas Tech loses at home to Kansas. I don't guess that's weird. Texas loses by 21 at home to Oklahoma State. That is weird and confusing. And now the narrative is back to what's up with Shaka Smart in one game. So those things happen. So now it's up to TCU to beat Oklahoma at home, and then West Virginia gets a three seed. And guess what? TCU did TCU things on that stage. Stupid court design. <laughs> I know that's strong language, but it's true. And the court design had nothing to do with what happened during the game, but it kind of did. And it always kind of does with them. TCU up 18 on Oklahoma at the half, up 19 at one point in the second half, blows that lead. Austin Reeves for Oklahoma goes for 41 including a game-winning shot with under a second left. And that guy, Reeves, he does the Reggie Miller on the frogskin court. And with that win, with TCU choking, WVU moves from a three-seed to a six-seed. It ended up a four-way tie in the conference. Four teams were 9-9, nine and nine, and based on rolling dice and... Uh, <laughs> Drawing straws and something to do with the alphabet. Oklahoma becomes a third seed and WVU is a sixth seed. So the good news, don't have to play an extra game. The bad news, and we'll talk about it towards the end, is they got to play a team that's thumped them twice. Or maybe that's not bad. Anyways, random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is a lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Dyer Prime Creative Group. 
full-service graphic shop, veteran-owned, family-owned. They're putting designs on things. They're creating designs and then putting them on things. They'll put it on a t-shirt, and usually that's like ink. They'll put it on a sticker, and that's, I don't know how that works, magic. They have a new way they can put your design on something. Embroidery. It's new to Dyer Prime. It's not new, like, the idea of embroidery. But, like, a polo shirt with your design stitched in with thousands of stitches to create your logo stitched into a polo shirt, a hat. Doesn't that sound neat? Dyer Prime can tell you more if you call or text them to find out more. 304-767-4445. Find them on the web, dyerprime.com, D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The regular season is over. Wow. What a great way to end the season. So before we get to the Big 12 tournament, you know me if you've listened to this podcast. I'm not big on predictions. Because who can predict the future? None of us can, right? And so, right, none of us can. Can we all agree that we can't predict the future? I mean, some things you can predict, kind of. But I don't know. I I don't want to get too philosophical. But I don't really do a lot of predictions. But after the Cancun Challenge, I made a handful of predictions for the season, for WVU and for some teams in the conference. I made other statements about other teams in the Big 12 Conference, but they were very generic. (laughs) So I'm not going to give myself credit or not credit. For those predictions. But. Let's go through at the end of the season. In my handful of predictions. My Cancun. My post Cancun predictions. Let's see how they panned out. Let's start with the first one. I'm going to be optimistic coming off the Cancun challenge victory. And say. Only one loss from the non-conference. Yes. Got that one right. West Virginia only had one non-conference loss. It wasn't to Ohio State. It was to St. John's. Remember that game? That was an annoying game. Lots of turnovers. St. John's ended up not very good, but beat West Virginia by two in the garden. But I didn't say which one they was going to (laughs) lose. So I got that one right. That's the sound for getting something right. Let's go to the next prediction. Kansas, probably down from last year. Way off on that one. (laughs) Kansas was kind of Kansas again this year. And, you know, Kansas and Baylor were undefeated. Baylor went into Lawrence, Kansas and beat Kansas. And at that point, you're like, all right, well, obviously it's Baylor's year. And then Baylor has some uh, some injury issues and Kansas just keeps on winning. 
and they end up this season 17 and 1 conference champs by two games. That's the thing about Baylor. <laughs> 15 and 3 in conference is nothing to sneeze at. And that typically in the Big 12 will win you the Big 12 championship. Last year Texas Tech and Kansas State they tied for the championship at 14 and 4. So in most years 15 and 3 is getting it done. But 15 and 3 for this year leaves you two games out of first place because that's the only game Kansas lost was at home to Baylor. So congrats to those guys. I was way off. Next prediction. Texas Tech probably down from last year. I don't know why I threw the sneeze in there. But I got this one right. Again, I'm not a rocket scientist here. I'm just saying some predictions were made. And I got this one right. And I got this one right because Texas Tech lost a bunch of guys. <laughs> and so they went from 14-4 and four last year in conference to 9-9. Nine and nine. And so they were they probably down this year? Yes, they were down. So that's a win. That's a win. Next prediction. Kansas State for sure down from last year. Uh (laughs) Again, not a rocket scientist. (laughs) But when you lose a bunch of guys from uh like a lot of seniors then uh they're going to be down and i was certain kansas state was going to be down this year and they were very much down they went from 14 and 4 and co-champs in the regular season last year to 2 and 15 and dead last in the conference now they won two games in conference we remember what <laughs> We remember one of those wins that Kansas State had. You remember that game? Oh, I remember that game. Anyways, they are, Kansas State, definitely down. Final prediction. I feel like this team in a tough conference can go 10-8 and eight and finish or and, and get to the Big 12 Conference Tournament with a record of 22-9. and nine. Uh, I don't know. Well, what had happened was... I don't, I don't know. I got that one close. I feel like I would have got this one dead on if West Virginia beats TCU on that stupid frog skin court by making a few free throws. Then they don't go into overtime and lose that game. I feel like I was, I'm one off and I think my one off is the, is the TCU game. But one off, not too shabby. Huh? We're playing horseshoes. Huh? Anyways, I can't predict the future. But, you know, not too many buzzers in the post-Cancun reaction. 
again, not rocket science on some of these. Uh, but even with it not being rocket science, one of those predi- predictions was dead wrong. And so how did the league do? How did the coaches do in the preseason rankings? Not bad. <laughs> the coaches picked Kansas to win. Kansas won. They picked Baylor second. Baylor was second. The Really, the only one they got wrong was Oklahoma. The coaches had Oklahoma pegged for eighth in the conference, and Oklahoma's going into the Big 12 tournament as the three seed. All right? Four-way tie for third, but third nevertheless. And really, not too bad on the other predictions. They had TCU dead last, and TCU ended up eighth. Iowa State was picked seventh. They end up ninth. They might have been seventh if Halliburton stayed healthy. So really, the coaches were, they kind of predicted the future with their with their preseason predictions. How did they do with the preseason's awards? Uh, I don't think they're going to be as close. Here's my prediction for first team all Big 12. So I'm not going to play this back. I'll just, I'll let you know on social media if I got these right or not. The two guards are Dotson from Kansas, fastest guy alive. And while Butler wasn't very good today, Butler for Baylor is going to be the second guard. The center is Azabuke, the guy that doesn't miss. And he may end up taking uh, player of the year from Dotson. It's going to be close. One of those two guys are going to win it. And so for the forwards, it's got to be Doolittle for Oklahoma. And then it's going to be, I think Oscar should be first team all Big 12. I'm biased. All right? I'm telling you, I'm biased. But I think it should be Oscar. What may happen is this Freddie Gillespie from Baylor. It's a good story. He started at Division Three, worked his way up. A key part of a team that only lost four games this year. So he might sneak ahead of Oscar. He, in fact, should not sneak ahead of Oscar. I feel like Oscar's done enough to get first team all Big 12. We'll see what happens soon. And I'll, I'll whine about it or not whine about it on this podcast at a later time. Final thoughts coming up. Promanti Brothers is a proud sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. They're your go-to brothers on game day and every day. Late night deals start daily at 9 p.m. Great deals on fan favorites, including wings, those awesome sandwiches, and more. Check out with the brothers on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for the latest deals, most up-to-date news, and info on game day specials. Permanti Brothers, your college game day headquarters. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. I actually forgot one prediction that was in the post-Cancun Challenge Champion episode after the Wichita State game. Let's hear this one. You know what? I don't usually do predictions, so and this is going to seem out of left field and have nothing to do with the Cancun Challenge, but I have a really strong feeling 
that another fast food company is going that's not a, usually associated with breakfast is going to start serving breakfast. And I think that fast food restaurant is Wendy's. Remember when Wendy's did breakfast for like a hot minute and it wasn't very good and they stopped doing it? I think they're going to try again. And I think they're going to try to take the best of all the fast food menus, the best of McDonald's, the best of Hardee's, the best of Burger King, put that on the Wendy's menu and put a half a stick of honey butter on everything as the twist. And I don't know if it's going to be successful, but I really think, I just have a hunch that Wendy's is going to get back into the fast food breakfast game. got that one exactly right and I don't know why I was talking about Wendy's breakfast after the Cancun challenge but when I'm right I'm right again WVU plays Oklahoma Thursday the 3-6 matchup in the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City the game's gonna be on either ESPN or ESPN 2 I don't know why we don't know that yet but we should know that soon enough As far as teams we wanted to play, based on this season's experience, they can go one of two ways. Either, oh man, this team's beat us twice soundly. Not good matchup. Or you could say, West Virginia's due to beat this team. It's hard to beat a team three times in one season. This is what happened last season going into the Big 12 tournament. Texas Tech game. Texas Tech beat WVU twice. West Virginia was due, beat them. And then they played the next game. <laughs> and uh, and they lost that game. So, and this was three games ago. I would argue the lowest point of the season was the loss at home to Oklahoma. So it's fresh. That wound is fresh. And they'll get to try to get their revenge Thursday, the late game, against Oklahoma and Kansas City. The schedule says 9 p.m. Here's another prediction. That game's not starting at 9 p.m. Because the first game in the evening session starts at 7, and thus, the game's not starting till probably 9.30 if we're lucky. And if if the first game goes to overtime... Then, then we're talking close to 10 o'clock. And I'm not complaining. I'm just trying to tell you what to expect for Thursday. And I'm not going to predict who's going to win that game. <laughs> uh, Oklahoma's had WVU's number. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. That's not a prediction. That's just a fact. Let's see what happens in the Big 12 tournament against Oklahoma. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora. Uh, <laughs> tune in. Overcast. Castbox. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Hit the subscribe button. Then the then the episode automatically downloads to your phone. You don't even have to think about it. 
and then you can press play, put it on mute, don't put it on mute, whatever you do. But subscribing really helps this podcast. Until the first round for WVU of the Big 12 tournament, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2019-2020 season, 21 wins, 10 losses.